The Pleasure Project with Donna Scogland. Bonus episode. Yesterday, I taught a workshop on the 10 things I discovered in creating a pleasurable life, and I wanted to share the replay with you. At the end of the workshop, I share about my new program, the Pleasure Project program, and doors are open for early enrollment. So if you want to hop on a call with me to see if it's a right fit for you, just email me, Donna at DonnaScoglin.com, and we'll set up a time and really just find out what you want and what would be amazing if you could create this in 2023. So enjoy the replay, and I hope to talk to you soon. What we'll do today is I'll just share a little bit about how I came to creating the pleasure project and the 10 things I uncovered. And this is kind of beyond what I've been sharing in my podcast. So if you have been following along, I've been sharing every single day what I've been learning and experiencing and doing. So there's more in there. So this is really as I'm finishing up the project, stepping back and looking at overall, what were the big takeaways? And then at the end, I'll be sharing how you can create your own pleasure project and work with me in 2023. So I started a master coach training back in July, and I knew part of that master coach training was to create a project and a project that was really based on wherever we felt like we needed to grow individually or professionally, really any way, anything that was something that we wouldn't necessarily do otherwise. And we, it was all based on answering the question, what is the one thing that would change everything? Which is a really big question to ask. And, and by the way, grab a journal because I, the way that I set up this workshop is I'm going to be sharing my experience, but I also want you to think about how my insights and learnings apply to you and how you can take away things that you can apply to your own life. So if you were to answer that question right now, what is the one thing that would change everything? Do you have a sense of what that is? Like, what is the area that you feel would make the biggest difference in your life if you could make major headway, progress, a breakthrough, what would that look like? I'll just give you a moment to, to think about that. And what was interesting is when I tried to answer this question, my brain went first to, well, I'm gonna make this like really big project that would make a really big difference in my business. And it was you know a really robust thing. And I submitted it. So we had to basically create a project, submit it for approval in our master coach training. And it got denied. And they said, we don't think your growth is in doing more. And that was so interesting for me because I was thinking, like, I, I, that's where I, my mind just went blank. Like, okay, then where is my growth? So I stepped back and I thought, okay, if my growth is not in doing more, Maybe it's completely the opposite. Maybe it's in doing less. <laughs> Maybe it is these things that I, these are things that I had recognized were things that I needed to work on. So slowing down and actually enjoying the process versus rushing through to just get things done. Because I I'm, think of myself as very productive, action-oriented, go, 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 I'm driven, I, I'm ambitious. So it's all about like, how fast can I get to the finish line? So slowing down was something that I recognize would probably benefit me and is would be a growth edge for me because it's out of my comfort zone. And being able to really create what I want, my desired results without the hustling by focusing more on my own thoughts, my beliefs, my identity, my patterns, and becoming my own authority and learning to really trust myself versus always looking outside of myself. I consider myself a lifelong learner. So I love learning from teachers and mentors and coaches and reading and researching. And I recognize that sometimes I do that to a fault where I don't even take any time to look inside my own brain for the answers. 
being more present with my emotions versus busying myself constantly doing things to distract or escape when I was in discomfort, emotional discomfort. And then really getting clear on what I really want. And, and this is something I feel like I, I feel pretty clear on what I want, but on a deeper level of who I am, what I want, what do I want to? And I knew there was a, I came to a place in my business where I felt like there was something new on the horizon, something different, a shift that I wanted to make, but I didn't quite know what that was. So I was figuring that out. So this was my submission submission that did get approved. By October 23rd, which is tomorrow, I will complete the pleasure project, 80 days of consciously creating a life that sparks joy and sharing my process honestly and vulnerably in a daily podcast. So this is my podcast that I have recorded daily episodes for 80 days. So this is what I committed to as part of my project. So I thought about, okay, if I want to create a life with more pleasure and become a truly healthier, happier version of myself, what would help me do that? And this was like a very kind of vague, elusive idea in my brain that I didn't really know what that meant. And me being action oriented is like, okay, but what do I, what do, I do? <laughs> and so I knew the very tangible thing was, okay, I know I have a daily podcast and I really want to share honestly there. I, I want to be able to just be completely transparent, transparent and vulnerable, which was, I knew a growth edge for me. And I think it's a growth edge for all of us to really like how, how honest can we, how honest can we truly be? I knew that I needed to stop doing what I was doing because it's like, you can't see the forest for when you're, you can't see the forest in the tree, you know, that expression. <laughs> and so I knew that there was something that I wanted to uncover and I needed to just stop what I was doing to figure that out. I decided I would not scroll on social media at all because this was a form that I, uh, one way that I escape. So I really wanted to build an even deeper relationship with my emotions and my feelings. And I knew if I took away the ways that I escape, then I would in some sense be forced to do that. I knew for my training program, I had to give weekly reports of exactly what I was doing. So there was that accountability. I also wanted to do daily self-coaching. And I'll talk about that a little bit later on so that I would be focusing on my thoughts and beliefs, not just my actions, not just creating to-do lists and plans, letting go of my shoulds so I could cultivate a deeper connection to my inner voice, my intuition, my hell yes. And then this is the teaching that I promised to do at the end that chronicles how I changed and, and what I learned. And finding the balance between becoming the version of myself that I wanted to become while loving the now and savoring and basking and luxuriating in the abundance and the, the pleasure and the, the amazingness that is my life already. Because I tend to be someone that's always looking ahead of like the future. So this is what I learned. And I, before I dive in, I want you to think about if you had a pleasure project in your for your own life and you knew that you were going to spend 80 days focusing on pleasure, what would be the first thing? What's the first step? Because again, like I said, I didn't really know how. And I think this is often when we go into something, we want to know how, like, give me the steps, give me the plan, make sure I want to know that it's going to work. And the thing is, we never know. And for me, that was like, I'm always someone that starts something with a very detailed plan. So, and that gives me some sense of control in that I'm going to reach the outcome, but I didn't have that here. So I'm curious and you and feel free to use the chat box. Think about what would be the first step? What would be the first thing? Because often we don't need to know every step. We just need to know the first step. So if you were to create a life that felt better than it does today, what would be the first thing? So I was asking myself that question. And, and yes, please share in the in the chat. And see where is my chat so I can see if anyone's typing anything in. What would be your first step?
make a list of things that bring me joy. Love it. Yes. Yes. I absolutely did that. Get enough sleep, daily exercise. Yeah. Journaling. Awesome. So I did, I've been working off and on with uh, a pleasure coach. She's actually, that's what she is. She's a pleasure coach. And so that in my mind, the first step was like, obviously I'm going to talk to my pleasure coach and see what she has to say. Like maybe we can brainstorm together. And because she's a, she's a pleasure and sexuality coach, of course, her brain is all about sensual pleasure. Like that was, that's her thing. And so I thought, okay, this is not an area I've really like really explored much. Maybe this is what, this is, maybe this is where I need to focus. And I, I bought I don't know if you've ever heard of the book, uh, Pussy, A Reclamation. It's a really great book. I highly recommend it. I, she recommended, I've heard it recommended from lots of places. I started reading that. I talked to her, but then it became apparent very quickly in just probably a couple of days that this is not what I wanted to focus on. It, this is not the kind of pleasure that I wanted. And so that was very clear. It was really clear to me that actually, you know what, my life doesn't feel like it lacks pleasure. So what is then the pleasure that I am seeking specifically? Like I, I have a pretty great life. Like I, I have things, I do things that I enjoy. I have amounts of time that I can just do things for me and take care of myself. I walk in the woods every day with my dog. I have a beautiful morning routine, evening routine. So I just didn't feel like there was, I was missing that. So that was a big insight that like, oh, it's actually not just like pleasure in the way that we often define it, that I want more of. And what I realize is what I want more of, the kind of pleasure I want is the pleasure I can create in my brain, not necessarily a sensual, like physical pleasure. It's like how I feel about life, how I feel in general. And how I feel about my capacity to create anything. I wanted the pleasure of feeling limitless, unstoppable, powerful, free. And so I'd love for you to take a moment and think about what kind of pleasure do you want more of? Because there's lots of different types of pleasure. There's physical pleasure. There's sensual pleasure. There's emotional pleasure. And through my podcast, I really explored the pleasure of all these different areas that bring true pleasure and true joy and allow us to feel good because we can feel good on so many levels. And so I really expanded my idea of what it meant to have more pleasure. So if you were to you know, give yourself like the, the direction that you wanted to go in terms of pleasure, what would it be? And if you feel free to share, or you can just write it down in your journal. So what when I started this project, it was in the summer, which meant that I didn't have to take kids to school. Our days were more spacious. I had more time. And that was really great because I could spend, you know, hours in the morning just reflecting on the idea of pleasure and journaling and thinking and self-coaching and just sitting on my deck and taking in my view and, and just like enjoying my life, right? And that was really great. And then as fall hit, kids were back in school, schedule got busier. And I realized that going faster actually takes me away from my pleasure. It is harder to be present when we're moving fast and when we have no white space. And it was this is this is a big insight for me personally because I mentioned before that I'm I'm an action taker, I'm a do-do, I'm a go-go person. And although I knew that like I needed to slow down, I needed to be more intentional. And there was actually a mantra that I've been I've been repeating for the last few years, which is slow down to speed up. I knew that in my mind, it's like I'll slow down, but just only if it makes me go faster in the end, <laughs> right? It's like, I'll slow down to do the things that I know I need to just like do a better job at, but just so I can get to where I want to go faster. And that was a really big change for me that actually I don't want to go faster. I don't need to go faster. 
actually going slow is preferable, is where more pleasure is found. And often when we're in a rush to get somewhere and achieve something and attain a goal, it's because we think there will be more pleasure once we get it, which is completely not true. The pleasure is in this moment, in the now, in the process. So that was a huge realization for me that like I no longer felt this compulsion to rush because I was missing out. Like we get a dopamine hit at the end of an accomplishment and we get to like check the box and we get to celebrate and feel proud. But the whole time getting there, we miss the opportunity to have pleasure along the way. So ask yourself, where are you rushing? Are you rushing? Maybe you're not rushing in your life and missing the opportunity to enjoy the process. And what would it look like to slow down so that you can truly luxuriate in the now and enjoy right now? And so, so I think this is especially challenging when we're going through a hard time and we just want it to be over. We want it, we want to be done with the struggle. We want things to be easy again. But a big part of this project for me was that I could actually find pleasure in the full spectrum of my human experience, even the discomfort and the challenge and the unpleasant, what we would call unpleasant emotions, because there's pleasure inherently in being present, no matter what the situation is. So the third thing was the accountability, that accountability is critical for showing up consistently. So I had, I, have been wanting to launch a podcast for years and I put it off. I didn't have any accountability. This was, I, I decided to include a podcast as part of my project. I did it. And I did not miss a day. I decided early on, I was not going to miss a day, even though I, you know, I had, uh, you know, some friends and, and um, students say, but it's about pleasure. Like if you don't feel like doing it, you don't have to do it. And I thought, and I, I considered that, and then I decided, no, like, this is what I want to do. I'm going to commit to it every single day, no matter what. And so I showed up and because I had public accountability for my podcast, I had accountability in the program that I was doing that I realized, and I've always thought, thought of myself as pretty self-motivated, but I realized that that accountability keeps me focused because I'm self-motivated until I get distracted. And then it's like, oh, what's over here? I know this sounds way more fun and exciting and interesting. And this is getting boring right here. I don't want to do this anymore. And so I tend to lose my focus or tend to go in so many different directions. So accountability helped me stay on track every single day for 80 days, which for me was like a huge accomplishment. So where in your life have you been trying to make changes on your own without success? Do you find yourself getting distracted? Do you find yourself giving up without getting to the end of something. And this was something I recognized that I would get like 85% of the way there. And then I kind of like give up a little bit and maybe I would finish, but my, my, the level of effort would wane over time. So this, I, I noticed, I recognize how essential and important accountability is, and it is for most of us. A singular focus helped me make bigger changes. So being someone that's very goal-driven, I have a million goals and I have a million things I want to work on. And I have a million passions and interests. And I, it's very easy for me to just take on all the things. And over the years, I've narrowed down more and more and more. And this for these three months, I committed to not taking anything new on. As tempted as I was on so many different occasions, I said no. And that's the thing. When we truly decide to do one thing, we say no to everything else. When we make a 100% commitment. And it allowed me to make progress in the way that I haven't been able to in the past when I am diffusing my energy in many different directions. So that was huge for me. And 
it's really made me think about how I want to move forward and continue to keep one singular focus for three months at a time and constrain, really, really constrain. And constraining is challenging. It's hard to say no to things that we want to do. So if you were to focus on one thing for the next three months, what would it be? If you decided I'm taking, I'm taking on one thing and then I'm to the exclusion of everything else. And just think about how far you could go in this one area if you really did constrain. So the growth happens in the self-reflection and the self-coaching. And those are kind of the same thing for me. So my self-coaching really looks like looking inside of my brain and taking all of that stuff and putting it on paper so I can see what is happening in my brain and then organizing it and then seeing, okay, what am I creating with what is going on in my brain today? What is the result that I will create from these thoughts? And why am I feeling the way I'm feeling? Why am I thinking the way I'm thinking? Why am I doing what I'm doing? And often, you know, we, we think of like growth happens out of the comfort zone, but often we can like plow through things and without taking the time to truly reflect and extract what we are learning and what, what, what allows us to do what we do and what gets, gets in the way of not doing what we want to be doing, we don't gain more awareness. And awareness is where the change really happens. So the, this, the self-coaching for me was so critical. And I've, I, I've had journaling practices in the past before, and I would I'd be consistent for like several months and then I kind of go off of it for a while and then I come back to it. And again, that lack of consistency. So really, again, so much of this comes down to consistency is showing up regularly with things that really matter most. So do you have a daily practice that helps you clean out your brain and clear the mental clutter, remove the obstacle thoughts that are creating problems in your mind? There's no problems. The only problems exist in your mind. And to help you be more intentional and focus on the things that move you forward versus being pulled back by unproductive thoughts. We all have them. Half of our thoughts are unproductive generally. So it's a matter of what we're doing with those thoughts. If we don't have the ability to have awareness that those thoughts are unproductive and not true and are limiting us, then we just react to them, we believe them, and we operate from those beliefs and thoughts. Number six, self-directed neuroplasticity works like magic. So if you're wondering what that is, <laughs> it's the process of physically changing our brain structures and functions by intentionally redirecting our focus and what we pay attention to. So our brain is constantly being programmed all day long. And if we don't do this programming intentionally, we're going to be programmed by whatever we're focusing on. If you focus on the news or social media or whatever things are in your environment, then you most likely will be programming in maybe some ways that are just not, not productive. So we can rewire our brains to get unstuck, overcome limiting beliefs, change thinking patterns, change how we feel, how we deal with our emotions, how we behave, our habits. So I, I dove super deep into how to do this. And that was something that I geeked out on and really committed to lots of practices like self-hypnosis, visualization, doing these things to change my brain. And what this does is it works with your subconscious mind. So your subconscious mind is responsible for 95 to 99% of your choices, your behaviors. And if we don't work with the subconscious mind, change is really, really hard and it takes way longer. And we often struggle with the same issue and the same problems over and over and over again. We just keep beating our heads against the wall. So if you find that you've struggled with something for maybe months or even years or even decades, there is some subconscious programming that you are not addressing. And again, our conscious mind is just such a small percentage of what drives us. And it's a really, and we use our, our conscious mind to work with our subconscious mind. But again, there's very specific ways that we do this. 
Number seven is that there is no right way to do life. And there is just the trust and decision that your way is right for you. Being a lifelong learner, I have been really looking for the right way to do all the things <laughs> and questioning my way. One of the things I was looking at personally, two actually two things. One thing was the idea of more of a, a masculine versus feminine approach to, to doing things to life. And I, I have a lot of uh, pitta, if you're familiar with that term in Ayurveda, a lot of, and we would almost say that's a little bit more on the masculine side, like very driven, focused, action-oriented, um, planning, calendaring, getting things done. And I was, you know, I, I've been kind of exploring the feminine side and thinking, oh, I need to do that. I need to do more of the feminine side. So it was like, what I'm doing is wrong. Or just like not the right way. I need to do more of the feminine side over here. And so almost pushing against myself and my nature to, to think that like, I need to really change this about myself and let go of the planning, let go of the structure, let go of needing to be so action oriented. And, and then I realized at some point that like, it's not a problem that I am the way that I am. And yes, and the next the next lesson is actually more, you know, it's about really it's not one or the other, but it is recognizing when you're judging yourself for how you do things. Another thing that I wanted to explore in this project was, okay, I don't, I don't want to focus so much on doing. I want to focus more on the thinking and the feeling. And then I was thinking the doing is bad and I just need to focus over here. And it was just this like battle in my own mind that I was doing it wrong and I need to do it the right way. And then I, I really realized that like, no, my way is the right way for me. And I can recognize when that's gone out of balance or when I've kind of, when it's not working for me and I get to decide. No one, there is no other authority on my life of what is the best thing to do other than me. And I think we do this a lot. And I think that it's embedded into our culture that everyone's got all the experts have their way and it's the right way. And I see this a lot, especially with my weight loss clients is like, what's the right diet? What's the right workout? What's the right plan? And we get so lost and overwhelmed and confused when we are doing that versus using our own experience, our own body, our own results as a way to gauge if it's right for us. So is that something that you've been doing? Have you been searching for the right way? I mean, we do this with parenting. What's the right way to parent? What's the right way to do the job? What's the right way to eat? What's the right way to live? What's the right way to do any of it? So it can be a courageous feat to just decide that I'm going to decide and I'm going to use my own experience, my own awareness, my own self-observation of cause and effect to figure out what's right for me and just decide that's right. So the answer is often found in the gray space in between black and white thinking. So again, it's like I found myself doing this kind of black and white thinking of like, this is not like I'm over here. So in order to create what I want, I need to like go all the way to the other side. And then I realized, no, it's like that black and white thinking. It's not, it's never either, or it's, it's usually both. <laughs> and this is in, you know, this teaching is in yoga. It's in Ayurveda that it's all always a balance of the opposites. It's the place in the middle. And we do that. We flip-flop between this kind of like all or nothing thinking. It's, it, I see, again, I see this a lot in like with my weight loss clients of like this all or nothing thinking and it doesn't work. It's like the all feels so intense and all consuming and then nothing is just complete inaction. So it's always both. And so where do you feel? And, and I think that's the... And this is a big part of what Ayurveda teaches is 
where are you going too far to one extreme? And what do you need to bring yourself back into that place in the middle? How do you find balance? Where is there a lack of balance in your life? And again, it's like you, no one can tell you that except for you. You know when you have gone too far to one side. And sometimes we need to go to one extreme to find the place in the middle as well. And that's kind of what I discovered in the project is I was like going to these extremes and realizing that neither of them worked. Neither of them were effective. And so finding that place in the middle. So the one of the pieces of my project was letting go of the shoulds. Like I should do this, I should do that. And it felt like a game of whack-a-mole, which is this picture here, which is like, holy moly, all day long, my brain is like, you should do this, you should do that. It's like, and letting go of that was just completely impossible. There was no way for me to actually let go of the constant things that my brain was telling me I should do. So I realized it's not that I'm like, gonna let go of what I'm calling the shoulds. It's like my podcast. It's like, I should do a daily podcast because I said I would. But the thing is like, when I think of it as a should, it feels like pressure. When I think of it as, this is something I'm choosing. This is something I want to do. This is something I decided and I committed to. And I, and coming from not like this pressure on myself, but coming from truly a deep desire even though in the moment, sometimes the thing, I don't want to do the thing. And for me to realistically think that I was going to let go of all the things I never wanted to do was completely ridiculous. <laughs> but that was like, when I went into the, the project, I was like, I'm just going to let go of everything I don't want to do. <laughs> and then I realized pretty quickly that that's not life. And that's not the point. Like a great life doesn't mean you never do things you don't want to do. Because, I mean, you could, I guess, but then you have the consequences to deal with. So if you, you don't have to clean your house, but I want a clean house. So I can own that. I can be an ownership of like, I want a clean house. So I'm deciding to clean the house. I want healthy meals. So I am choosing to plan my meals and to go grocery shopping. It doesn't, I don't have to call it a should. I can just change the way that I'm thinking about it. So that was big for me that it was just the language and we simply change a word and it changes everything. I want to do this. I choose to do this. I get to do this. Yes, Susan said, I get to exactly. Yeah. I mean, we can think about this in so many ways in work, at home, with household chores, with parenting. I mean, when we really step back and then it doesn't create pressure, we can create a completely different emotional experience when we change how we think about what we want to do. So are there shoulds in your life that you can reframe to feel better about doing them? What feels like a should for you? And sometimes it is something that's you don't want to do and you don't want you're doing it for the wrong reasons like you should do it and that's whenever you choose to do something you need to ask yourself why and ask yourself if you like that reason if you like that reason then you can fully be in ownership of that but if you're doing something because someone else expects it or you feel that you're obligated or expect that expectation or if it's coming from a people-pleasing place then that's maybe something to look at releasing. But if it's something you decided you want, then own that. So throughout this process, I was thinking about, I know, and this is kind of how I operate generally, or at least in my in my entrepreneurial journey is like, I, I like to do the things first so that I can teach them. And so I was thinking, okay, I... And when I started this project, I, I had so many messages and emails from people saying, I need this. Like, I need a pleasure project. This sounds amazing. This sounds like, you know, something that I want to do. So I was thinking, okay, how do I create this? How do I think about this in terms of like a process or 
if someone wanted to create a more pleasurable life, what would be the lessons that I would teach them? Or what would be the, you know, the components of that? So I uncovered these 10 things. Creating a life that feels good comes from these 10 things. So number one is knowing thyself. And that includes so many things. It includes what you really want. So getting clear on your purpose and getting clear on your why. What is your bigger why for your life? What are the things that you desire? What is the vision for your life? What are the things that you want to focus on right now? So being clear on, and I think this can be challenging for a lot of people, especially women that have spent most of their adult life tending to everyone else and taking care of everyone else and that they haven't taken the time. And this comes up a lot because I teach a, not anymore, but I, I have a program called Dear Dharma that is all about finding your purpose. And I've had so many people go through that with just feeling, saying things that like, I don't know what I want. I don't know what my purpose is. And we all want that sense of purpose and we all want to know ourselves more deeply. So that is number one, knowing yourself feels so good and being clear about your purpose, why you're here, what you want, what you're focusing on. Number two is mindset mastery, which includes again, how to deal with these thoughts and the, the crazy thoughts, especially that our minds come up with, how to deal with our emotions, especially the unpleasant and uncomfortable ones, how to be intentional with our mind, how to change our brain, how to rewire our subconscious programming. All these things give you a sense, like that was the pleasure that I was looking for, that pleasure of really feeling a sense of knowing how to use my mind in a way that served me. Number three is radical self-care. And that is something that I've been teaching for the last eight years of how to take care of yourself, how to have healthy habits so that you can feel amazing physically and emotion. And, you know, what we do physically affects our moods, affects our emotional state for sure. So having those healthy habits dialed on autopilot was so foundational for me to just be able to explore the other things. If we don't feel good in our bodies, if we have low energy, if we feel discomfort, then it's really hard to focus on pleasure beyond just like baseline survival. Number four is integrity with your word. And that is the pleasure that comes from discipline and doing what you say you're going to do. And being intentional about your time, following through on your word, following through when you say you're going to do something. Number five is the pleasure of being able to reinvent yourself and evolve who you are and feel that sense of limitlessness of being able to do and be anything that you want. Number six is environmental architecture. And our environment has a huge impact on how we feel and the pleasure we experience. And this has been shown in so many different studies that our space affects us. So our space affects us, what we're taking in through our senses, what we're reading, what we're listening to, what we're looking at, what we're paying attention to. Attention to. This is all how we can use our environment and our environment affects us on so many levels. So being intentional with your environment, having a space that feels good, that sparks joy. If you've ever read the life-changing magic of tidying up, that's it's all about having a space that sparks joy when you look in around you and you're in your external space. And it also reflects back to you who you are. So we can use it as a very huge lever to make the changes we want in our lives. Number seven is courageous aligned action. So being able to have the confidence, the pleasure of the confidence to not play small, not hold yourself back, not hide, and be able to do the things that you know will help you achieve your goal. And 
fear is the biggest thing that holds pe people back. It's the, the reacting to that fear. And it's not like we live fearlessly. It's we have fear and then we take courageous aligned action. Number eight, as I mentioned before, is the, the joy in the journey. It's being, pro being present. It's pleasure of the process. Enjoying every step of the way because the pleasure is right now, is available right now, not just when we get the goal. Number nine is a connection to your intuition, having self-trust, having a sense of ease about life. And the 10th the one is relationships. Relationships are really the foundation of everything. And when I say relationships, it's yes, the relationships with the people in your life, but also your relationship with yourself, your relationship with aspects of your life. So really all of these things, there are specific ways that we can master these concepts and use them to create more pleasure in our life. So that was my 10 things. And now really think about if you, these, these 10 things that I just mentioned, what would it change if you were able to master these things to make your own pleasure project, your life, and work with me for 10 months to dive deep, a deep personal transformation. So I, it makes me think of this quote, which I'm sure you've heard by Mary Oliver. What is it that you plan to do with your one wild and precious life? And life is so precious. And I was in the shower today. I was thinking, we, we all think of life as a pleasure project, whether it's a conscious thought or it's just like we're always seeking pleasure, right? We are inherently pleasure seekers as human beings. So how intentional are you doing that? How are you making your life better? How 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 can you create a life that feels good? What do you want to do with this pleasure or this one wild and precious, precious life? So I decided to create a program around this idea of a pleasure project, which is a 10 month journey. And this is the beta program into becoming the healthiest, happiest version of yourself and really falling madly in love with your life. So it starts January. 2023. And I want you to think about if you could create the most abundant, transformative year yet. And this program brings together the things that I love and the things that I've been studying for the last almost 30 years, 25 years, yoga, Buddhism, Ayurveda, psychology, and life coaching for an inside out approach. And we'll really focus on creating pleasure with the mind because that is the stuff that I'm passionate about to create your most pleasurable, purposeful and amazing life. So these 10 things will be the foundation of the tools and the concepts that you will master, which I'm calling the art of joyful living. So when I think about this program, it really brings together aspects that I have taught in my other programs. So what I've taught in Do Your Dharma, which like I mentioned, is all about finding your purpose and setting goals and mastering your time and then align and thrive, which is all about taking care of yourself mentally, physically, emotionally, and then really looking at the whole of your life and choosing a focus and being laser focused, learning foundational tools, but then picking one focus that you go all in on. So this is what will happen by the end, by December 2023. You will have healthy mental and physical habits that are dialed on autopilot. You will know how to make your mind work for you and be the boss of your brain. You'll be able to shape shift your identity to become the person capable of achieving your deepest desires. And that is so foundational. It's all about your identity. Any change that you wanna make starts there being crystal clear about what you want, who you are, and are comfortable in your skin and confident being your most authentic self, and being able to present your real self to the world and let go of any need to people please or hide. You do what you say you will do and have a schedule that actually reflects your values and your goals. 
you find pleasure in the process and make the path to your goals as fun and enjoyable as you expect the outcome to be. So not just delaying fun and not just, you know, I'll relax when I'm done with all these things. No, we bring it into the now and this is the life. Life doesn't start later. It's now. Taking bold and courageous action from love. So it's the energy that which that you take action from, which creates the result. So not letting the fear of failure keep you small and live life from the desire to see what you're capable of. What are you capable of when you have the tools and the accountability and the focus to create any change that you want? You have a space, an environment that supports your evolving identity and deepest desires and is clutter-free and organized. You are connected with your intuition and trust your inner wisdom. You will live in a state of abundance, worthiness, and wholeness. Being able to create that with your mind. And then it starts there and then it shows up in your life. And having intimate, fulfilling, and deeply enriching relationships. So this is my promise to you. This is what I will teach you next year from January to December. So this is how the program is structured. For the first six months, you will be focusing on the tools and the teaching and mastering these concepts, applying them to your life, getting coached on your own stuff. And this is where we, and the self-coaching is really critical, but getting coached, I get coached every single week because I have blind spots. There are things that I'm unable to see until someone else points them out to me. So being able to have me show you what I'm seeing that you aren't able to see so that you can change that and have that awareness yourself. Then there will be a one month integration break for summer. And then you create your project just like I did. So a three month project based on the one thing that would change everything for you. And if you if you had a hard time answering that question in the beginning of this, that's what we you will know by then. You will know exactly what that is because through six months of coaching and deep dive, self-inquiry and discovery, we will get clear on what will make the biggest difference for you with my help, with the group, with your own self-coaching and everything that we'll be focusing on, and then create one project. And then be able to, at the end of that, have a huge breakthrough, learn so much, and the group and I are there to support you every step of the way. So the details are weekly group coaching calls, and there will probably be one week off a month, so it won't be straight. It'll be weekly, and then, you know, probably four calls a week, uh, sorry, a month, and then a break. And then we will start mid-January until early December and then take a month off in summer. You get access, because I'm not offering my programs anymore, you get access to all my programs. Align and Thrive, Do Your Dharma, All the Sugar Detoxes, my New Year's workshop, and any other special events that happen. We will have a private members-only community. And this is getting to know the people in this group. It'll be a closed group once you're in. Nobody else gets in for the 10 months. So there will be such a camaraderie that we will create in that small group for 10 months. We'll get to know each other very deeply. We'll create deep connections in Dear Dharma, which is a six month program. I have people that are still friends from, they did it like five years ago. They're still meeting weekly to have masterminds. So the relationships you will build in this will be life lasting. So this is for you. If you're curious if this is for you, if you feel called to live a bigger, bolder life, if you want to stop hiding and playing small, if you're ready to master the art of getting unstuck and finally make the changes you want and stop getting in your own way, you want to be more connected to your purpose, you want to have more confidence, more clarity, more focus, and say yes to what you really want and learn how to create it. So we're going to bring in the woo, manifestation, quantum leaps, quantum physics, all the fun stuff, and the very tangible, yes, masculine, planning, time management. We're going to bring it all. So you want to do less, but accomplish more. So this isn't about adding hours and hours of work. 
This is about getting very strategic about doing the right things. And if you want to have more fun and you crave more joy, connection, you're done with struggling and you're ready to create more ease in your life. And you want accountability, guidance, and a supportive community of like-minded peers to learn and grow with. So this is how I think of it. <laughs> First, you're gonna blow your own damn mind because I'm so excited for these concepts that I haven't really taught before that are a lot of the self-directed neuroplasticity, changing our subconscious patterns, truly transforming. So first you'll just show yourself what's possible. And then you will be an example for what's possible in the people in your life, which at the heart of the matter, when I think about, and I've talked to, you know, I've been coaching for eight years, we all really want to be that role model. We want to be an example for the people in our lives. We want to lead. And so this will allow you to first create the changes you want and then be able to be that example. And it's really all about uncovering your mind's potential to make quantum leaps in your own personal growth. So questions. And so by the way, really quickly, and then I'll open it up to any questions you have for me. I am opening up early enrollment and anyone that signs up by October gets a $500 discount and one-on-one -on -one coaching with me once a month for the next two months. So you get a head start and you get access to Align and Thrive, do your Dharma, you can dive in, you can start learning, you can really start creating changes right now. So how to find out if you any more information, talk to me, you'll just email me. There's no calendar link or anything. There's no link at all. It's all through conversations. So I just want you to email me and say, I'm curious, I'm interested. I'd love to chat. So, and we'll set up like a 45 minute call and we'll just see if, if it is right for you, if it is something that you'd like to do.